Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode. I'm your host and lead writer, Christian Fowler, and joining me as always is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen and Brooks, it is the best time of the year. It is almost time for college football season, NFL season, football season's right around the corner. But before we get into Memphis's matchup versus Ole Miss on Saturday uh, and a couple things about you know this upcoming football season, we do have some basketball news. So, Brooks, take it away. Well, Christian, before I get to that, it's not the best time of the year with football season until this weather cools down. So we we got to get some cool – uh, nighttime breezes going on. We got to get something. And also, uh, how was your first day of school? Did did your mom pack, pack your lunch for you? No packed lunches. Uh, I made it through first day of senior year, and we're we're getting there. Uh, <laughs> that's that's all I can say on that. School's no fun, so we're just trying to make it through at this point. All right. So the news you alluded to, uh, in case you missed it. We already released a, a breaking news podcast on this uh, a few minutes after this, the story broke. Isaiah Stokes, big man transfer from uh, Florida, you know, Memphian at heart, has decided to transfer back to the University of Memphis. We broke down the full story on both the podcast and in an article on the front of GoTigers247.com. Both of those were up last night within minutes of the news. So if you have, if you have not seen it, go check that out. Uh, I don't really have anything else to add to that news, but there's been some other news that we've uh, we've posted on VIP and talked about on the site a little bit over the last month, and the news has officially come out on two players that Memphis has prioritized for the class of 2020, and that is, uh, first of all, it's uh, center Matty Zasoko, uh, 6'9", 255, 260, big man, uh, he announced uh, a blog broke that he is taking an official visit to Michigan State, Memphis, and Kansas. That's the reverse order. Uh, he'll be taking his last visit to Michigan State right after he takes his official visit to Memphis. And and we we posted something in VIP that no one else has put anywhere, uh, but Suzoko is expected to make its decision immediately following that Michigan State visit on the 6th. So, you know, Suzoko has been a guy that Memphis has prioritized. Uh, I know that you you have talked ad nauseum about your uh, viewing experience with Suzoko and how much you, you loved his game. Um, so really what it comes down to here is can Memphis make that last-minute pitch to Suzoko once they have him on campus can they show him what, what they can do for him, how he fits? Uh, so we'll be all over it, be on top of it. So stay tuned over the next few weeks, and we'll bring you the latest news on Suzoko, the other prospect. I'm going to let you take this one, so that way it's not me talking like crazy. So Christian, who's the other one? Yeah, I've heard you talking for, for a good minute now, so it's time for me <laughs> to jump in. Uh, second one is five-star guard Jaden Springer, who, as we've said it feels like a hundred times at this point, Brooks has really been Memphis's top target in the 2020 class. Ever since they really shifted from 2019 to 2020, we've 
we really reported on how much they want Jaden Springer and how much they're targeting him. So uh, he'll be taking official visits to all five of his finalists with the Memphis visit coming on September 14th. So he'll be taking visits to Florida, Michigan, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Memphis. So a ton of competition there. Uh, Jaden is, you know, been all around, you know, now at IMG, been in North Carolina, been in Tennessee. So he has ties to a lot of those places, and, and Memphis obviously really wants him. So that official visit, like you said with Maddie, uh, will be huge for Memphis and Jaden Springer because, a, as we know, Brooks, those official visits, once you finally get those kids on campus and they really get to see your vision, they get to see your school, uh, they get to hang out with your current team, the official visits are, are huge, and obviously the relationship leading up to those is big, but official visits tend to have a lot of sway, so uh, I know a lot of fans will be paying attention to both that Maddie Sissoko visit uh, early September and then Jaden Springer visit mid-September, so two big official visits coming up soon for Memphis' basketball program. Well, and as we alluded to a few weeks back, September, once the, the quiet period is up, that's when the University of Memphis staff and every other D1 school out there, they're going to start hitting the road, getting in the gym, seeing their, their priorities for the class of 2020, and, and starting to nail down even more official visits. So right now, September is shaping up to be a massive month for Memphis as they uh, you know, come up to that Memphis Madness date in October. Um, you know, So that... To, to start off September with two big visits like that and then have your main event in Memphis Madness uh, to follow up on that, you know, Memphis is setting itself up for a really good and successful run for the 2020 class. Um, so with that said, that's, that's all of the basketball news for tonight. But it's, it's beat Ole Miss week. Go to hell Ole Miss. Memphis fans are hyped up, ready to go. I know a lot of talk has been about the the lack of ticket sales, but honestly, I haven't seen the the lack of enthusiasm that every everyone's alluding to. Every everyone I talk to, everything I see, people are just ready to go, ready to beat Ole Miss. So, Christian, what else do we have to talk about with Ole Miss? Well, I, I want to start where you kind of ended there, Brooks, talking about uh, the enthusiasm and everything. And I was actually at the Mike Norvell radio show on Monday night and got to see a lot of the fans there and the excitement. So I know there's been this theme here over the last, I feel, I think in the last 12 to 24 hours of people saying that, you know, ticket sales don't look too good. And, you know, this might not be the game that we're expecting, but from everything that I've seen and from everyone that I've talked to, everybody is extremely hyped up about this game. I still expect it to be a great environment. And, um, I mean, when you have these two regional teams, you know, Memphis and Ole Miss both have a ton of fans in this region and in this area. So I don't see any way how this couldn't be, uh, you know, a big game, especially first week of the season at the Liberty Bowl. I think it will be a huge game and, and a big atmosphere. We thought we were going to get 83-degree weather. Turns out it's looking like it's going to be in the low 90s, so a little warmer than we may have expected. But I, I still think the atmosphere will be wonderful. I think the environment will be great. And, and obviously there are multiple factors that go into this game, but you know, home field advantage and having that crowd there is certainly one of them. Well, Christian, I, I knocked on wood twice last week. The first of those knocks was about the weather, and I feel like I jinxed the weather. Uh, we've seen an almost 10-degree increase in the temp uh, projected for Saturday now sitting in the low 90s. The other one was about injuries that Memphis so far through fall camp had stayed 
relatively injury free. And then guess what happens? Norvell announces earlier this week that two of Memphis's guys would be out for their opening contest against Ole Miss, and that's cornerback Chris Claybrooks and defensive end Everett Cunningham. So, Christian, what it, what is Memphis missing with those two guys out on Saturday? Well, I think the biggest of these two losses is is definitely Chris Claybrooks. He uh, started a couple games at the end of last season, had, a, had that pick six in the Birmingham Bowl against Wake Forest, and really that ended his season on a high note. Uh, with Tito Windham being gone, he was kind of expected to take over that starter role opposite of T.J. Carter, and, and he definitely did that. He cemented his role through the spring and through the fall, and he was he honestly looked incredible all throughout fall practice. I mean, he was one of the best defensive backs on the field, uh, was consistently getting interceptions and making great reads and making tackles in the backfield as a corner. So he looked great through fall camp, and it looked like Memphis finally had two steady corners with T.J. and, and Chris, and for him to go out – uh, is is definitely detrimental. Like I said, that's your team's starting corner, and now they'll be, uh, as, as far as the depth chart was concerned, they have Joey Bryant, who is the transfer from Arizona State, listed as a starter. He does have a little bit of experience, started some games at Arizona State, so I wouldn't be too worried about that second cornerback spot for now. Uh, Joey hasn't practiced a ton with the team, so that is a little bit of cause co- for concern, but you know he's an experienced guy. He's been around the block. He knows what it is to start in a big game. So I don't expect there to be a ton of fall off, but I know this team will will be waiting for Chris Claybrooks to get back just because you always want to have depth at those corners, especially with Memphis over the last few years with how many injuries that they've had to overcome. And then when you look at Everett Cunningham, um, you know, one of the better JUCO defensive ends in the country in the in the twenty nineteen class. So big loss again. He was not projected as a starter. Uh, he's been playing that Fox position, which is, you know, it's it's that's what they call it in Adam Fuller's new defense, but it's really just a defensive end spot. And he was looking like I can't say that he was going to be because they didn't release him on the depth chart, but it looked like he was going to be the number two fox behind uh, Joseph Dorsius. So just a, it's it's a lack of depth there. They you know they're losing a little bit of depth, but they have Cole Mashburn stepping in the you know the true freshman who's been impressive through fall camp. So that is to me the biggest takeaway. Of course, you know you're missing two guys that could have helped on Saturday. But you have you get to see this depth. You know, this team hasn't had a ton of depth on the defensive line and the defensive backfield the past couple of years, and that's really what's held back this defense. So for two guys to get hurt that would have played key minutes, uh, when you look at that and you still see quality depth behind them, I think that's a great sign for this football team. With that being said, Brooks, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, and we'll get back to some old Miss coverage here on Tigers in 20. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, Brooks, we've had a ton of old Miss coverage over the past two weeks, and feel like we haven't heard a ton from you on it, and I know you're not the biggest football guy, but Brooks, I would love to hear what you think is the one thing that decides this game either way. You know, what what is it that causes Memphis to win or lose this game? Well, I think right now the over-under on this game is, what, 67 points, right? Somewhere yep. somewhere right at under 70, and I, I think... Yeah, 67, 68. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the line, you look at the over-under, 
Vegas is expecting points in this game. Obviously, Memphis over the last few seasons under Mike Norvell has had a rather prolific offense. And with, you know, with having a an experienced quarterback that has proven that he can move the ball around the field and put up points, Memphis is expected to move the ball. But here's the thing. Memphis lost so much from a playmaking perspective from last year's squad with Daryl Henderson gone, Tony Pollard gone. Um, they've got so many young guys listed on that two deep that are expected to make an impact right away. They've got you know transfers in Travion Samuel. They've got Kenny Gainwell, uh, who's a red redshirt freshman, uh, has never played meaningful minutes, has never faced an SEC offense uh, defensive line. And then you've got Kylan Watkins as the uh, second running back in that two deep. Um, so to me, you know, I think Memphis's D line has shown a lot of promise this year. I think they're going to shake it up a little bit. So I think it really comes down to can Memphis have some playmakers step up in unexpected roles uh, to help put some, you know, take some of that pressure uh, off of the quarterback, off of. Uh, some of the the experienced wide receivers that Memphis returns can Kenny Gainwell, can Samuel, can Watkins actually make an impact on this game? Well, I'm going to go almost completely opposite of that, Brooks. I'm going to say that Patrick Taylor decides this game, and that can either sound too obvious or dumb to some people. So I'm going to explain that a little bit. And the reason I think that is because we saw last year how quickly Ole Miss's offense can score. They were one of the best offenses in the SEC, uh, one of the most efficient offenses in the country as far as scoring points. Uh, I know they don't have Jordan Te'amu. That's uh, Matt Corral now, but they still have Scotty Phillips. They also lost A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. But I still think this offense will be able to score points, uh, especially under Rich Rodriguez. We know he's had a you know pr- prolific career in college football, so – I don't think this offense is going to have trouble scoring points this year. With that being said, the reason I say Patrick Taylor is the key is that if Memphis can run Patrick Taylor and slow the game down a little bit, which is not necessarily their style, but they prove, you know, last year in games like the Houston game that they can slow a game down if they if they need to. So I think Patrick Taylor running the ball, slowing the clock down, allowing Brady White to have time because of the running game is is the biggest reason Memphis will win or lose this game. If Patrick Taylor is able to grind out, you know, twenty eight have twenty eight carries, grind out one hundred and thirty yards, and have a couple touchdowns, I think Memphis wins this game because I think that means they win time of possession, they keep the ball out of Ole Miss's offense's hands, uh, and also if they're running that well, Brady White more than likely has time in the pocket. So to me, that's the biggest key because Patrick Taylor has had almost two thousand yards and thirty touchdowns in the last two years as a number two back. So. I think it's going to be very exciting to see what he does with the lead role. And if he has a big game uh, in this week one matchup against Ole Miss, then I think Memphis more than likely comes out with the victory. Here's here's one other sneaky storyline to me. is And I already kind of hit on it. Is Memphis's defensive line is expected to, to do well on Saturday. They're expected to have a, a better season this year. They've shown promise in fall camp. They've got more depth. But Ole Miss has a really good stable of running backs. You know, they've got a former five-star running back in their backfield with uh, Ely, uh, you know, and he's he's listed as second string right now on their two deep. Uh, you know, and 
Scotty Phillips is a guy who's proven that he can get yards on the ground. And then a, a former Memphis commitment, Snoop Connor, uh, who Memphis loved uh, and expected to play right away. So they've got uh, a, st- a stall full of backs that could potentially cause problems for Memphis and open things up for, for their young, inexperienced quarterback. So I, I think that that's kind of a storyline that could be sneaky, uh, could sneak up on people, is if Ole Miss gets their running game going early, controls time of possession, is able to keep the ball out of Memphis's you know hands on offense, it could shift that game a little bit. And maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion. Maybe I'm not. No, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right because that has been a big storyline of all season. Is that Memphis's front seven is supposed to be a strength this year? Um, you got a guy in J.J. Russell in the middle, Austin Hall moving over to weak side backer on the inside, uh, Tim Hart as a rotational guy, Keith Brown as a rotational guy. So they're really loaded at linebacker, defensive line, O'Brien Goodson, Jonathan Wilson, Bryce Huff, Joseph Dorseyus, Jaleel Clemens, Cole Mashburn. I mean, they've got depth at, you know, the, at that whole front seven has depth. So we really get to see it put to the test. A lot of these guys are proven, but some of these guys haven't played to this magnitude of football yet. Jaleel Clemens being a true freshman, Cole Mashburn being a true freshman, Austin Hall switching to a primary linebacker spot. So there are some, I don't want to call them question marks, but some guys that you know are un, we're uncertain about that we haven't seen play this role in a game like this yet. Um, but from everything that I've seen throughout spring, throughout fall, this front seven has looked much improved, and, and they really get put to the test week one. I mean, Ole Miss hasn't been the best team in the SEC over the past few years, but they still recruit at at least a decent level for the SEC. I mean, even if you're recruiting in the bottom of the SEC, you're recruiting really good players. So up front, Ole Miss is going to have some some big hogs that Memphis' defensive line is going to have to overcome. And then, like you mentioned, they really do have a great stable running back. Scotty Phillips, after you know last year after transferring from JUCO, had a big year, so he's coming back. Uh, Jerry on Ely, who was you know selected in the MLB draft, but still came to play for Ole Miss, was a five star out of Flowood, Mississippi, and then Snoop Connor uh, from down in Hattiesburg. So, ton of running backs, and uh, it, that that really is going to be a great matchup. I think we really get to see where Memphis's front seven stands in this Week One matchup. Well, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Ole Miss, even with not being a uh, a top ten recruiting class, they're still number twenty two overall. And and to put that in perspective with the 2019 class, Memphis was number 67. Memphis had zero four stars for their class. And Ole Miss, they uh, they ended up bringing in one five star and seven four stars. So, I mean, just from a pure talent on paper, out of high school, out of JUCO, out of prep school, Ole Miss just across the board should beat Memphis handily, but. You know, reality is, is this staff at Memphis evaluates their tails off. They find guys, develop guys, uh, and and they find guys that plug into a system that works, uh, and they go execute. Uh, and that's been the key to their, their success. And Memphis is going to kind of take things over that hump and try to get on the other side and maybe push to that 10-win season start pushing towards some bigger bowl games, they're going to have to win this game on Saturday. So, Christian, you you already called your score prediction, and I don't remember exactly what it was. It was 30, 38-24. 38-24. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little different. And just because it's the first game of the year, 
Um, Memphis does have some inexperienced playmakers on offense. Uh, I think Memphis's defense is gonna gonna stand proud. So I'm gonna go a little bit lighter than you. I'm gonna go 27-17 Memphis. I'm gonna so go. We both got Memphis winning this week one game. I've got them winning. I've got them winning in a boring game where people are really hot and wanting to leave at halftime, even though it's a close game. So if you're listening, that's what I got. If you're listening to Brooks Hansen betting, take the under on the I believe 68, 68 and a half points. And uh, if you, if you trust Brooks, you might win some money on that because that's that's definitely going under right there. Again, to reiterate what Christian already said, I'm not known as a football guy, so I'm. I'm probably going to come back next next week and have to eat crow and tell everyone how wrong I was about my score prediction, but we'll see. I mean, maybe I end up catching a hot streak and, and uh, I carry over my basketball crystal ball to my football score predictions. All right, so now that I'm on record, and you know I hate being on record and being wrong, I need to, I need to take a deep breath, step away from the mic. So let's let's take a minute – Hear from our sponsors again, and we'll come up back and wrap this show up. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Christian, we're right at our 20-minute mark for Tigers and 20. We hardly ever do that. It's such a big week. I have a feeling we're going to be doing another podcast as the game either starts, wraps. I don't even know. We're, we'll probably be back this week, people. So don't uh, think that you got off easy this week. I do want to say one thing. Christian, you work your tail off for every story you get. You work your tail off for every scoop that you get, every, every bit of breaking news that you get. You're primed and ready today to get that Isaiah Stokes story. It just didn't work out. Uh, so for those of you that have, have been listening, that are still here listening to the end of the show, I just want to give Christian props for, for staying on top of that story. If you didn't pay attention, we were all over it in VIP, all over our boards, making sure that people who subscribe knew ahead of time what was going down with that. So Christian, props to you. If you got nothing else this week, Speak now. I'm all good. I got nothing else. Let's go beat the piss out of Ole Miss on, on Saturday. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily. And you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. 